Now, we've been hearing about the announcement by the UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak of what he called more pragmatic climate policies. Well, this came as the United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres told world leaders that humanity's addiction to fossil fuels had opened the gates to hell. His warning came as he kicked off a climate meeting where leading polluters China and the US were conspicuously absent. Well, with more on that, live now to my colleague Sumi Somaskanda in New York. Hello to you, Sumi. Hi there, Sarah. Yeah, that announcement in the UK really has come in contrast to what we have seen here in New York at the UN General Assembly, where climate change has taken center stage. The UN Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, has really tried to spotlight this issue as being one of the most dire facing the global community to, uh, right now. And that is why he called for this climate summit today. Now, interestingly, he said in advance of the summit that he did not want to invite any countries or companies that he and his office did not deem as being serious about making climate emissions cuts, about battling climate change with real concrete action. I just want to read you a quote that he said in advance. He said there will be no room for backsliders, greenwashers, blame shifters, or repackaging of announcements from previous years. And apparently that actually left the bar pretty high because, as you rightly pointed out, uh, the U.S. was conspicuously absent from this meeting. President. Joe Biden, we know he's here in New York, but did not go to the summit, nor did uh, China. Now, what the Secretary General did want to do is to get real concrete commitments from, again, companies and countries on cutting emissions or supporting developing countries in their efforts to do so. And the reason there is because developing countries have this week issued frustration uh, about the fact that they feel the war in Ukraine is actually distracted in some ways from tackling other global crises like, of course, poverty, inequality, but also climate change. And you mentioned that really stark quote from the Secretary General, Antonio Guterres, a little bit earlier. Let's listen to it now. Humanity has opened the gates of hell. Horrendous heat is having horrendous effects. Distraught farmers watching crops carried away by floods, sweltering temperatures spawning disease, and thousands fleeing in fear as historic fires rage. Climate action is dwarfed by the scale of the challenge. If nothing changes, we are heading towards a 2.8 degree temperature rise towards a dangerous and unstable world. So that was indeed a very stark message from the Secretary General, an important message at that climate summit. But of course, the war in Ukraine has also been center stage today, and that is because of the UN Security Council meeting where we saw Ukrainian President Zelensky speaking. Now, the US did not send President Joe Biden, but rather the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. There were some tense moments between the Russian delegation and the Ukrainian delegation. Uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky, for example, left the room when Russia's Foreign Minister uh, Sergei Lavrov was speaking. And there were some interesting uh, comments made, of course, by the supporters of Ukraine. Of course, Baltic states have been front and center as well in supporting Ukraine. And I want to speak now to one country, a representative of one country that has been really vocal in its support uh, for Ukraine, and that is indeed Estonia, because we have Estonia's foreign minister with us now, Margus Sakna, who was just in the UN Security Council meeting uh, watching the speeches there. And, and your country's president just spoke. Can you tell us what his message was to Security Council members? Estonian message is very clear. The Security Council is not working because the aggression is using the veto uh, right. 
uh, blocking everything and also it harms a lot uh, the UN Charter. All the basic rules, all the rules what we have agreed as, 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 as a global uh, society uh, and uh, it cannot be uh, prolonged in the meaning of, uh, of we need a reform as well in the Security what Council. What should that reform look like? We must uh, uh, take out from the veto right uh, this kind of uh, decisions as connected to the aggression crimes or the, the crimes against humanity, uh, the war crimes. And also maybe uh, to bring wider the membership of the Security Council. But uh, it cannot work like this. And uh, today it was very important that President Zelensky was participating. He was the first speaker and face-to-face uh, -face with the aggressor. And everybody understood what is going on. Uh, but uh, the situation is like, like we see it is in the Security Council. But we do know, Minister, that any change to the Security Council would involve all five members voting for it. So how likely do you think any sort of reform would actually be? General Assembly is the place we have to discuss. We have to discuss as well the leadership crimes of aggression because uh, it is obvious what has happened and without Putin's and his Troika decisions uh, uh, that wouldn't be in uh, the full-scale aggression together with the genocide as well as the deportation of uh, Ukraine children. Uh, more than 20,000 children are deported in the 21st century. So this is a wider uh, problem and I think that uh, here in this week we reach as well to the global south and globally more to exp uh, explain what is going on really. You said yourself that the United Nations is essentially a body that is intended to prevent the sort of war of aggression that we've seen from Russia on Ukraine, but that didn't happen. So can the UN really have any power to do anything? Of course, the uh, United Nations is a unique body when all the countries uh, are uh, around the table. But we have to uh, have a guts to talk about uh, the problems. And uh, international law is a case law. And we have to uh, take this uh, concrete aggression uh, from the Russian side against Ukraine. And we have to reestablish the, the international law and the basic rules. Because otherwise, uh, we have no the moral or even the legal ground to talk about the authority of what we have as a, as, a, as a global society. We're coming to this UN General Assembly just after a G20 meeting in India where we saw the messaging on condemning Russia watered down so that there could be consensus between all G20 members. Are you worried that international attention and support for Ukraine, despite your country's continuing support, that it is fading? It is, of course, uh, very important that we are not getting tired. But also we have to reach to these countries and regions uh, to whom maybe it seems that uh, this, this Russian aggression is some kind of military problem in Europe. It is not. It's a violation of the basic rules. And that's the reason as well we hold yesterday uh, the high-level meeting about uh, the deportation of Ukrainian children. I think that mothers and fathers globally can understand if uh, more than 20,000 uh, children they have deported, uh, they have kidnapped uh, from Ukraine. And we don't know where they are. We don't know what is going on. And this is not only the military conflict, uh, this is much more wider. One final question for you, Minister. When it comes to aid to Ukraine as a percentage of GDP, Estonia has really been a leading at the very top in supporting Ukraine. We know the U.S. has been leading as well, but right now uh, there, it seems more difficult in the U.S., especially because of Republican opposition among some Republicans, to pass a spending bill to continue to support Ukraine. What is your message to those Republicans in the U.S.? It's not my business to involve the uh, U.S. internal policy, but uh, I think that U.S. and the other countries, we are supporting and we must support Ukraine as long as it takes. It's a long-time commitment uh, because Ukrainians are fighting for our values, our freedom, and not only for Ukraine. So I think that we have to think that history is coming back and these are the historical times uh, to protect our values. Minister Saka, thank you so much for joining us on BBC News. And 
Sarah, as we heard there, this is going to be an issue moving forward because Ukrainian President Zelensky is headed to Washington tomorrow, where he will meet with U.S. President Joe Biden and also with members of Congress, as he knows very well that this battle over further funding for Ukraine, military and humanitarian assistance, is heating up with growing opposition among some Republican lawmakers there. So that will be something to watch as well, Sarah. Okay, Sumi, uh, thank you for that. Sumi Somaskanda in New York there for us. Around the world and across the UK, this is BBC News.